do you guys, the whale club, control the Bitcoin market? Is it in your paws like putty? Did you guys hear the question? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it was too heavy. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not oh, okay. They're not supervillains. They're not supervillains. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. I am your first host, Marcello. And your second host, D. This is Corey. And this, and this is, is probably going to be our most informative episode, episode yet. So if you normally multitask while listening, you're going to want to sit and drink this in. Because joining us in our roundtable discussion is two members of the Whale Club TeamSpeak. And if you're unfamiliar, they are... A Bitcoin trader community of, well, I think at the beginning of the year they were at sitting at about 200 users, and now I think they're at about 250 plus. Uh, and they focus all day, every day on the market moving events in the crypto sphere. Uh, so, this is a very good episode for me because when I first got into Bitcoin, I viewed Bitcoin as one of those long hold and use currencies. And then I figured out there's a whole bunch of people out there that they become more profitable as a day trading investment. So, uh, you know, let's get into it. So, guys, can you introduce yourselves and just give us a little whale club background on yourselves? Sure. I'm uh, BTC Vix. I'm one of the admins of Whale Club. Uh, just one of the kind of a real brief background of Whale Club. We were birthed out of the Trading View Bitcoin chat community, where we all sitting at sitting there at our computers, staring at screens of charts, Bitcoin charts for endless hours. And finally, we said, "Hey." Why don't we, uh, you know, go and hang out? Uh, Google Hangout ended up becoming too small of a place, so that's what led us to TeamSpeak. And uh, yeah, we have about, I think, just due to the low volatility, we're at about 130 users, but we can peak out at 250. Wow! Thanks to the gaming community coming up <laughs> with TeamSpeak. <laughs> and currently, how many uh, bitcoins do you guys trade a month? Uh. Well, from a daily, like a volume perspective? Yeah, sure. Uh, it depends on the month how volatile it is, but it's always it's always going to be in the thousands or tens of thousands pretty easily. Wow. Jeez. You guys are moving moving some Bitcoin. And that um, just really just shows how active we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that, that's volume. That, yeah, that sounds about right for our monthly volume. Sure. So on like a daily basis, um, how many trades would you say you guys make? individually not like as the whole well club but bix how many would you say you make uh if it's if it's a day where the market's moving pretty good it can be anywhere from probably three to eight trades if it's slow you know one trade a day yeah you probably know, about a dozen for me and i'm not naive i know if i you know, go on reddit and i try to learn about basic trading concepts i'm not going to learn anything and I think if it was easy to make money investing, everyone would be rich now. So, I mean, how did you guys get good at it and, and kind of, you know, I know there's no secret definitive recipe for it, but, uh, you know, how did you guys, you know, get better at it? I'll let AABTC go first. 
Oh, well, this, this is hard, I guess. But um, I guess every market kind of has its own personality. And I think, I think Vix and I kind of have been able to tap into that along with most of the other successful traders in crypto. I think you, I think the reason we prefer, I guess, trading Bitcoin over more liquid assets is because Bitcoin has this very sometimes predictable personality. How so? Could you like elaborate a little on that? Like what, what kind of predictions can you make based on the, its personality? Oh man, well it, it, it <laughs> it's not a constant thing, right? Otherwise, everyone and their grandma would be making money off of this. But um, you know, Bitcoin tends to overshoot itself a lot. It's uh, it's very susceptible to basically, um, well, pump and dumps, right? You know, the, the yeah. movements always overshoot themselves. It's, it's almost a rule and um just like the recent one right well you know the recent one's a bit of a tough one but i think it's got a bit more correction to go so one of the i guess the, the bitcoin price is kind of a big deal to anyone from the outside looking in like if you're somebody who has no interest in bitcoin whatsoever i think the <laughs> price can be a big deal and so basically uh, what i want to ask is as a day trader, what's your mentality towards the price, and do you think it's a big deal, or you only consider price because you are trading and making profit off of the ups and the downs? Okay, uh, I'll step in here. Um, well, okay. Well, I was gonna just kind of uh, slightly reiterate uh, what AABTC said about uh, Bitcoin. It it has its own personality because it's like its own animal, and I mm -hmm. think one of the very cool things about Bitcoin is it was it was not birthed onto like the NYSE. It wasn't like IPO'd. So we really see like a very organic nature to how Bitcoin price and the trading around that price came about. So we haven't seen up until now like a strong influx influx of like the the HFT space, the market makers that want to feed off the retail flow. So it's such a heavy retail crowd that um, it moves. Like you start to recognize the patterns of how it moves. Okay. I, I forgot what the second part of your question was. Sorry. Oh, my question was just basically: Do you feel that as a whole, the price of Bitcoin is important at all, or is it more so on what Bitcoin can do? I know, I know, you as a day trader definitely focus on price, but long term. Long term, I'd still be focused on price. <laughs> Just hopefully on a different price. But I mean, I think what you're getting at is for a lot of people that don't, I guess, day trade. I mean, this is what I tell a lot of people is that um, I would tell my extended family probably to buy Bitcoin if it goes into the low hundreds. You know, just like a buy and hold and forget kind of thing. Okay. So yeah, if, you, go if you have, like, I'm assuming because you're day traders, you have learned from normal financial day trading as to like where you get your skills from and you have essentially your finger on the pulse of everything that's happening in the community of bitcoin and out of all the people that know what affects the price and what can keep the price at a relatively stable rate i mean do you have any input on something like that like like what what type of news that comes out that really you know makes people sell the fear mongering that goes on or you know what type of news where like a press release comes out and everyone's like well i'm gonna buy right now because now the price is going up well 
for the last few years, any kind of news has made it go down. I mean, for the November bubble, I mean, looking back at the data, it took like a almost like a hundred million dollars worth of fake money on Gox to buy it up to the bubble, right? So mm-hmm. that that makes it go up. <laughs> I always think news is really difficult one to process with Bitcoin because sometimes you see, um, you know, like it, even this like most recent rally we had. Uh, there's a lot of just kind of technical breaks we, where we're coming out of some consolidation to get yeah. a pretty good bull move. But people are like, why is it moving? And then all of a sudden it's, well, it's Greece. I mean, it's Greece, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's basically... That came after pro- the fact, definitely. Yeah, it's price action going in search of a news event to bring, like, reasoning behind it. And mm-hmm. I think that's really dangerous in Bitcoin. There's a lot of that that goes on. I see. Is that, is, is that a product of, of um, the small population size of Bitcoin compared to something like fiat or other currencies? Or is that something that will smooth out as the you know mass adoption becomes a thing? Well, I think inevitably if you have much larger market cap, some of those things will be, uh, you know, the, the, the seas won't rock the ship quite as much. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I... I I, I even look at like many of us during this uh, slow time during Bitcoin have traded forex, and you know you're talking about the largest currencies in the world there having pretty pretty large moves uh, considering mm-hmm. their national currencies. So um, I don't know. I think there's always going to be those events and like perfect stability or near stability would be something where you'd see the day traders not want to trade it anymore. That's something that, that's something interesting that I don't I don't think most people understand. Um, something you mentioned there is that national currencies have large swings as well. A lot of people who you know are weary of Bitcoin because of its volatility don't understand that a lot of currencies have large volatility as well. Can you can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, even I know uh, AABTC's traded traded a lot of USD JPY. I mean, you're talking really three reserve currencies, right? The US dollar, Japanese yen, the euro. Now, mm-hmm. those things in relation to each other have been swinging quite a bit, considering that they're supposed to be the safe haven currencies. Uh, that's not even getting into. I think what you're alluding to is like kind of. Uh, you know, third world country currencies. Some of that stuff we we don't even we don't even trade because we have enough leverage on yeah. the reserve currencies to to make it worth our while. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm about to ask the ultimate question for any of the tinfoil hats in the audience. Do you guys, the Well Club, control the Bitcoin market? Is it in your paws, like putty? Did you guys hear the question? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it was too heavy. They're not, they're oh, okay. like super villains. They're not super villains. I wanted, I wanted to know. I, I um, know it was such a, such a heavy question. Uh, the I, way I presented it, yeah. I will say like um, a lot of what I'd call like the FUD that came out surrounding Whale Club during that period of time, mm-hmm. I feel like it was a lot of, a lot of maybe Bitcoin idealist uh, people that had you know, kind of bet their house going a margin long that have been hurt. So they always, when I see pain from traders, I can see it manifest uh, out of them by not that by protecting their ego and lashing out at either the the short sellers or the exchanges. Like somebody is evil, it's just not them. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I was seeing there. We're just a group of 
of traders talking about price talk. So I, there is no it perceived collusion or whatever you want to call it, because that's all just relative anyways. I mean, if I agree with AABTC that we're going up and we both decide to put on a long position, does that mean we're colluding? I mean, how far do you want to take it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And within the community, there's always going to be a certain amount of people that have a high level of butthurt. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's a completely hurt. anonymous and decentralized market, right? So yeah. if we did have, if, say, that arrangement with uh, Vix and I, there's no way that um, he could know that I shorted into his, you know, um, buys or something, right? There's, yeah. You know, so it doesn't even make sense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Trail Cub has a lot of traders that come by i mean there there's exchange owners big fish there's sardines uh, it's just a big mix of people sharing ideas really awesome i uh i definitely like your word there Corey. uh a lot of butt hurt in every community <laughs> there is there's always those a... people that just like it's you know 10 percent hold 90 percent of the butt hurt <laughs> well it's gotten better now like I guess back right recently after the bubble, a lot of people were just offended that, you know, you guys yeah. are shorting Bitcoin. You're only supposed to buy it. You know, how, how dare yeah. these guys buy and sell? Yeah. There needs to be a butthurt index, a website you could go to. What's <laughs> the general butthurt level of the market? I, I um, actually, yeah. oh, sorry, I, I actually think that's interesting that uh, ABTC pointed that out. It might be that all those people have given up hope and we're finally in the despair phase of Bitcoin. And that's why we don't hear we don't hear those uh, you know get out Rallying the pitchforks yeah get out yeah. the pitchforks and find the <laughs> they, short they've accepted it you know they <laughs> they've come to terms with the bear market the fact that it's not yeah hopefully it turns bullish again that would be good for people like us here that yeah. just uh, kind of hold we don't do a lot of <clears throat> I myself decided I wanted to trade what was that like two summers ago Marcello yeah I was going to ask Bitcoin you wisdom. If, yeah. Sitting on Bitcoin Wisdom yes, and, and trying I, to use their, their the technical analyses. I watched Bitcoin Wisdom. I started to feel like um, John Nash on A Beautiful Mind. <laughs> and I was like, I can do this. This guy had market confidence on a whole new level. Oh, my God. I was so confident. And I tried it for like a week. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. Yeah, he was getting <laughs> gray hair, bags under his eyes. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it. Uh, I really don't. Which kind of brings me to my next question is like, uh, how emotional is it as a day trader? It can be highly emotional, right? Like every swing. But I mean, when there's large swings, for sure, you know, um, there's no way to deny that, even if it's subconscious. Yeah, it was too much for me. What about you, Vix? I think in my early days of trading, I was certainly much more of a degenerate gambler than I am now. And I don't want to (laughs) admit that I've fully completed rehab on that, but... (laughs) Um, I don't think there's such a thing as a day trader who doesn't have a little bit in them. Certainly trying to pick the setup, uh, define your risk, and trust it helps a lot to um, ebb those emotional swings. But as uh, AABTC alludes to, it can never be totally taken out of the equation. Yeah, definitely not. I can only imagine. So, D, when you were starting out, uh, what information tools did you use for just fundamental analysis? Let, I mean, let's see if you give your answer and then they can give you the Laugh thumbs up, you. thumbs down. Yeah. Before I do this, uh, Vix and AA, can you guys not laugh at me when I'm done? <laughs> we promise. <All> right. Okay. <laughs> um, 
I use Bitcoin Wisdom, uh, but I have two screens, so it felt really cool to have two charts open at the same time. Um, I used um, R slash Bitcoin just to look at like news, and I was like, ooh, a new uh, hot news article. I'm definitely going to buy a little bit. And then I also use Bitcoin Markets, but there's way too much line drawing in there. Like, on the charts just way too many charts just charts on charts on charts so then i decided to go with my gut around wednesday and then around <laughs> thursday lost 0.5 bitcoin and around friday i quit so but you look successful i'd come in your room and there'd be algorithms on the screen and oh yeah you looked like you were doing good it felt like boiler room yeah. like i was really getting in it <laughs> Everyone knows, stereotypically, success comes with linearly with the amount of monitors you have. (laughs) This is true, yeah. I need more monitors then. That was my problem. So Yeah, you get to the point where you don't know tab. Is there like a strategy for it? Or, I mean, is it just kind of like riding a bike? Like you you just get better and better, you understand the market more? Or do you revamp strategies uh, week to week, depending on you know how volatile the currency is? Anyone can take that because I'm I'm a total trade noob. So I definitely started out on Bitcoin Wisdom, but I've I've been basically in the trading view camp for a really long time. And the cool thing about that community is they do a lot of custom indicators and such like that. Um, the one I use, the SCMR Trends, very uh, religiously as far as my trade setups go so i mean that's really the technical aspect i think a lot of the news sources that you were talking about is still pretty much so in play we're going to come through that the nice thing is, is between the whale club chat and the trading view chat you have a pretty good uh sense of what's coming in as far as information then twitter i mean twitter is always a trader's best friend um as far as honing the strategies um i think one of the biggest things that's helped me is to know that no position is actually a position that you don't have to always be trading. If you're chop, if market's chopping around, you don't trade that market. Wow, that's like that takes a level of control. So sounds like, like Dimitri, you were doing everything right if you would have just kept stuck it, it out. Yeah, yeah, but dude, that's money we're talking about. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> but <laughs> so I guess the moral of the story for me right now is I need two more monitors and more. Cajones and and racing stripes. <laughs> um. So if so, imagine Vix Double A. You've never heard of Bitcoin before. You're just walking down the street. You look to the left. You see a magazine. It's like Bitcoin. It's the shit. It's the new money. It's the shit. If you're that person, <laughs> if you're that person. Do you even care at all? Should it be even something that you factor into your investment about the day trading scene and about the speculative market out there in, in uh, cryptocurrency? <laughs> Sorry, I took you down that rabbit hole. And then just I think it'll, it'll always be reflected in the charts. Uh, I, 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 I kind of miss, like, were you trying to say that if we see like new people coming in the Bitcoin, is that what the? I was trying to say if you if you put yourself into the shoes of a new person coming into Bitcoin, and they are going to put some money into it, and 
maybe take a little bit of their personal portfolio? Should they let uh, the daily ebb and flows affect their emotions and affect their investment? Should they even worry about that stuff? So like hold and don't care. Hold and don't care. Well, yeah, that, that answers itself, right? I mean, um, I, I think for a lot of people, that's the best strategy. I think I think holding and uh, forgetting about it is what would be profitable for most people, just just at a lower price than what it is at right now. Yeah. Nice. Like right now, it looks like we're going to retrace some more, actually. It looks, looks like it's going to get pretty bad soon. So based no, on that bro. judgment, you don't feel that Bitcoin is going to go away? No. I don't think it's going anywhere forever. No. Well, there are people out there that, that, you know, are worried about that type of thing. Like, well, it's just, it's, it's fake money. It's going to go away or something's going to happen and it's going to go away. I mean, I, you mean, I don't, I, I personally don't hold this opinion, but it's nice to hear people who are checking the pulse, who are almost the closest people to what's happening to Bitcoin saying that they feel comfortable in, in the currency itself and that it's here for a long haul. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not Bitcoin specifically, but you know, the, the technology can't be forgotten. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, the whole blockchain thing is going to be around for well, ever. <laughs> yeah. Nice point. Cool. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, we'll trade it all the way up or all the way down. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, mo- I think most people though, um, that trade Bitcoin would like to see it go up again. <laughs> I yes. mean, like even from the <laughs> trader standpoint, it going down will actually bring some previous traders back up the sidelines to come in, but all of us traders want to see, you know, more new people come in, more money flowing into crypto in general. So that aspect, you know, like we're we're hopeful we'll come out of this consolidation phase to the upside, but it doesn't mean we're not we're not set there. It's just simply a viewpoint. Yeah, it's a volume thing too, right? I mean, uh, we we definitely would prefer to see the price go up, yeah. just because there'll be more people with more money coming in, so it'll be easier to trade again. Yeah. On on that note, I mean, you guys can answer this cynically or optimistic, but where do you believe the price of Bitcoin will be by the end of 2015? Ooh, price predictions. <laughs> and you can answer as cynical as you want. Go for it. I, you're gonna hate my. You're gonna really gonna hate my answer because it's like I like the, my lawyer typed it up or something. <laughs> <laughs> he prepared this one. But really, like the best thing as a day trader, from based upon profit and loss and based upon that price action, is the next day I wake up with complete amnesia about my viewpoint to the of the prior day. Right? Uh, I wake up. I look tough. at the. I look at the chart. Is the setup there, up or down? That's where I make my trade. So yeah, just a complete machine. It's a minimalistic emotions there. Yeah, yeah long term views are actually pretty dangerous for day trading. I could see that. Yep, it's in the name. So, well, so I guess build a strategy, test it, and then stick to it. Yeah. So and, I, prob- uh, I, I probably really annoyed you with that answer because you wanted like a definitive number, but I'll tell you. Like AABTC was saying, that that can get so dangerous if you have, you know, imagine you you do take a long right now and you're thinking, oh, at the end of the year, it's going to be 1200 Well, if you're on 20x leverage and you, your position starts to go against you and you still want to cling to that viewpoint of, well, we'll be at 1500 by the end of the year. You could get margin called, lose your, lose your whole account before that even happens. That's definitely true. You need right. to think just to watch it go straight up afterwards, you know. So, I mean, that, that's just how the market is. Mm. It behooves you to be am- am- uh, amnesia-like. <laughs> I uh, 
All right, here's an off-the-wall question. This is, by the way, what you get from D. Um, what is you guys' music that you play while you're doing these intense trades? I imagine it's like Highway to the Danger Zone from Top Gun, but I don't know. <laughs> Just give us some insight. I have mine. It's uh, Peter Gabriel, um, Shock the Monkey. Outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Double A? Oh man, I, I don't even listen to that much music doing this anymore. Um, lately, the volume, except for last week, the volume's gotten so poor that uh, I mostly just set my trades and just wander off and do something else. <laughs> All right. <laughs> not, not what I was expecting. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is <laughs> Vix and Double A. Thanks for stopping by and giving us some insight on to the world of a trader. And what you guys do, uh, I couldn't do it. Obviously, uh, yeah. going with your gut is a bad strategy. You're uh, too emotional, bro. You're way too emotional. Way too much. Uh, way too much emotion. Wall Street ain't ready for Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for stopping by. Um, we definitely appreciate it here. Um, unless you have anything else to add, we're gonna wrap it up. No, uh, thanks for having us. If anybody's curious, just stop over at uh, the TeamSpeak Whale Club, ts.whaleclub.io, and it's open to everybody. Definitely. We will uh, put that in the show notes so you guys can go check it out. Um, very interesting conversation. I have uh, snooped on you guys a couple times, not going to lie. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll take it easy. All right. Well, that was a pretty heavy discussion, wouldn't you say, guys? Absolutely. Um a lot of insight, a lot of Googleable words out there for you guys. So definitely have the Googles up right next to listening to that and uh, go for it. So, uh, well, we can transition seamlessly. Uh, engineering the Bitcoin gold rush. Uh, we were miners. Uh, I would say what a year ago, twelve months ago. Um. Yes, twelve months, twelve to fifteen months. Something like that, and that's essentially innovations within the cryptocurrency world that we we kind of tackled. So we can kind of talk about that a little bit. We got day trading out of the way, now we can kind of talk about mining. Yeah, let's talk about mining. So first thing I want to say, um, Professor Petty, what is mining? Uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I threw it at you. I threw it at uh, you. So mining is people verifying transactions. They're essentially it's a it's a no holds barred competition amongst people to have the privilege to write the transactions on the ledger. So, someone once said, Andreas Antonopoulos, I believe, said that the power is not in the ledger, but who has the privilege to write on the ledger. So, who's putting the transactions down, keeping track of who has money, and what Bitcoin does is decentralize this process through essentially a game. And what people have to do is solve a computationally expensive math problem so that they have to bring actual computational power to the, to the table in order mm-hmm. to compete to get to be able to write on ledger, so verify transactions. And if they win this game, they get rewarded in the currency of that ledger. So in this case, it's Bitcoin. They get rewarded Bitcoin if they get to, if they, you know, solve the problem first, verify transactions and submit those transactions to the blockchain for everyone to see. So everyone's competing to write on the ledger or, you know, verify these transactions. That's half of it though, right? Isn't winning first come, first serve? 
Yes. I mean, as more people got into mining, everyone made less money. Mm. That depends. So if everyone gets into mining, the, the, the currency becomes more popular, and then a price movement happens. Mm-hmm. And because the mathematics got more difficult. Like, the blocks were harder. So, yeah, that's what happens. So what it, the, the way that the algorithm works of this mathematical problem is that it's, for Bitcoin, it's 10 minutes hard. And what that means is that every 10 minutes, the difficulty of solving this math problem change changes so that it takes approximately 10 minutes to solve. Now, it's not always going to be 10 minutes. Sometimes it'll be shorter. Sometimes it'll be fast. It's you know essentially a, a bell curve on a Gaussian distribution on how fast this is going to happen. Let's say it's hard for four hours. Is that uh, you're going to have to call an expert in to see if they could fix the problem four hours or more? No, it's going to happen at some point. So it's you're saying solve. It, it could be, be hard for four hours or longer. Yeah, could be. Uh, isn't that historically a bad amount of time to be hard for? <laughs> Typically, you need to go to the doctor for something like that. But in ah, this case, dick joke. Today, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I was really going for that one for a while. So, take, okay, take, it a, take it a notch down. I appreciate that. I was getting too into it. Um, No, no, no. It's good. To get into it, I mean, the, the, any reader has access to this information at their fingertips, and it's good to know what mining is because it's good to know where the money is circulated from. Because... Know, it's, it's, it, it makes people it, it decentralizes the idea yep. and takes a clearinghouse or trust out of the situation where you don't need to trust a third party in order to verify that you gave money to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, so what here's current. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Um, I actually did mean to interrupt. Here's the obvious question that I get asked, and it's the question that makes me want to, like, take a shotgun and just just blow my brains out. Because the obvious question after I explain to a person what mining is and the competition and the the right to add transactions to the ledger, their first question usually is, well, who controls the ledger? And, Corey, could you answer that with the obvious question? No one. Bam. There is no third party. I dropped my mic, but it's on a boom, so So it's inherent technology security. It's just yes, exactly. It's decentralized. There is no one person. No one person can take over. And that's no a one thing. no one group of people can take over. So if it's decentralized, how do you utilize and leverage that model? What do you mean? Well, how can we take Bitcoin's strengths and its cryptography and use that as a platform to like I guess what I'm saying like the reason why this fits so seamlessly in with with what we just talked about with the whale speak team is if you're here for short term profits you should stick to the day trading but mining was always like a long term thing definitely and as we speak on this in 2015 is it too late to join in on the fun if you want to buy a rig and go out into your basement or your shed and and start attacking these these math problems uh, that depends on what type of investment you'd like to have i mean i i think personally with the, the way things are trying to move you have companies that are coming like companies that are coming out with easy ways to mindlessly mine bitcoin and it's going to be a trivial mm-hmm. amount trivial trivial amount it's not going to be efficient you're not going to make a huge profit it's not one of those things where, like, I bought a rig in three months. It's going to be paid off, and I'll be making fat cash. It's not like that anymore. Yeah, definitely. Because one, the technology has changed, and you need, you know, 
specialized hardware to our to mine Bitcoin, Very which people are doing. There was a company, uh, Twenty One Inc. that it got this monumental amount of venture capital investment, and what came out of their like bag of tricks, they were keeping everything a secret, is that they're going to be putting in uh, mining chips in almost all things. So. I think what they were going with that, and it's kind of ironic, not ironic, but coincidental. When I was snooping on WellSpeak, it was somebody from 21 Inc. talking about their plans. And basically, they're talking about machine to machine spending. So drones could pay for airspace and uh, refrigerators could buy groceries like they were. He was talking about some really out there concepts. But I think that kind of answers your question from earlier, Cello. When you're talking about how does decentralization, uh, how are we going to use that? And that means that anybody has freedom to use it however they want. It's That's decentralized. True. I mean, it's that because it's decentralized and open source, there isn't a third party controlling what you can do with it. Yep. So if you have a, a killer app or some some revolutionary idea that no one's ever done before but would be really useful to the humanity or yourself for that matter, you can do it and there's nobody stopping you yep. at all. And what's going to happen with blockchain technologies is something that we really can't, like most people can't imagine right yep. now. Those Just like pre-internet days couldn't imagine what we're doing now. Yeah, making phone calls on the interwebs. So. Nobody saw that coming. Podcasts. Yep. <laughs> so y'all want to get a fourth opinion up in here? Y'all can uh, bring your old college buddy, Gray. Yep. Yeah. We'll talk about our mining adventures and how horrendous they were. <laughs> that was an experience. And it was fun, and I would never take it away. Yeah, I will never take it away. As I will never do it again. <laughs> uh, I might do it again. I don't know. If I had endless electricity, like maybe the solar panels from Solar City. Shout out Elon Musk, come on the show, please. There was please. a uh, there was a time where I was I was contemplating um, trying to solicit solicit my my user ad, my uh, system admin for a super our local supercomputer to let me put my mining rig in the computing room for free energy and like environment control. Oh. <laughs> I bet he looked at you with the most crooked face. He was like, "You kidding me right now?" No, he would have let me do it, but he he just got the job and he was worried about it. So no. All right. Well, let's uh let's hear what Gray has to say about mining. All right. All right. Come with us today is Gray. Gray worked on a mining operation with Corey and I a couple of years back. We decided we wanted to go on a Litecoin mining adventure. <laughs> And mine as many Litecoin as we could when the difficulty was low. When did what was the difficulty? It was like three thousand, four thousand. It was at a point where you could still do Litecoin mining with GPU processors, and right before that, it went nuts with everyone buying up all the GPUs all at once. Yep. And Cello, we had our own rig. Um, what did we buy? We bought the um, 280Xs, R9, 280 We spent three Gs on video cards alone. <laughs> <laughs> but 
we got what three hundred? Yeah. We got three hundred Litecoin at the end of the day. So it was a good. It was okay. It was a good mining up. All right, great. Yes. Please tell us everything you know about Bitcoin. Go. Wait, 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 wait. First, who are you? <laughs> No, I don't. Question. He he doesn't get to introduce himself. Please. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> Great. Tell us who you are. Where you from? Uh, I'm uh, I'm from uh, Forward, Texas. I currently live in Lubbock. Uh, I'm uh, uh, a seafarer by trade, uh, but in my spare time, I uh, like uh, you know economics in general as a hobby, and so I got interested in Bitcoin. Um. Probably right. I'd heard about him before Corey started talking about him, but once Corey started talking about him with me, I really got really got interested in the subject. And uh, so he proposed that we start a mining operation, and I said, "Let's do it." And uh, it didn't didn't necessarily work out uh, as well as we hoped, but uh, we learned a lot. I think that's a lot of people's cases. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Corey, tell us some of the pitfalls. Hmm. Let's see. Pitfalls. Well, back then when we started mining, when we had our big functioning. It was like a, I don't know, four video cards, five video cards. Not sure. Um, by the way, uh, if you're interested in the calamity that was our first rig, you should look at our uh, maybe we can get the pictures. <laughs> Oh, this thing, Grace said. While I was out of town, I had to. Well, I'm I'm the guy who who does all the computers, and I first introduced Grace. I'm like, hey man, I can do this. I'll do all the back end. I'm gonna put it together. I'm gonna you know maintain it, set it at a, you know set it at a, a mining pool, and take care of all that stuff. And he's like, cool, awesome, let's do this. And when we got all the parts, we were excited to put it together. But I was out of town. I forget the reason why. Maybe a conference or something. And Greg's like, I'm putting this together. How do I do it? He's like, all right, I'll walk you through it. <laughs> and so he gets it, he gets it put together in a sense that all of the pieces are plugged in the right spot. But I was like, we got to cool this thing off because it's going to run real hot. I mean, once you get it plugged in, I can essentially work on it from remote and I can set all the configuration, get it going, all that stuff. So you get it going he sends me this picture of how he has it set up so that the fans are pointed in different directions. And it's, it looks like, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to put it. You'll have to look at the picture. It's ridiculous. I don't I'll, know. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tweet the picture to at uh, the podcast. Uh, if Twitter. anything, it was a testament to Gray's ingenuity. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. I was just in a hurry and uh, did what I could with what I had. Was there duct tape on it? No, but there's a lot of string. No, I'm a sailor. I use rope and line. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I tied it, I tied it together. I guess, one of the pitfalls is, is, getting it, is getting it to run smoothly and cool um, and not overworking your, your, your miner so that it burns out. You know, a, lot of, a lot of our pieces and fans burned out pretty quickly because we were pushing them too hard. I think that in Lubbock is uh, shitstorm of dust. And so everything got dusty and gross really quickly. Great. Could you, I guess, give me like your knowledge level 
with the whole mining process and why it's necessary for Bitcoin to begin with? Well, uh, uh, it's necessary in that uh, it um, it what is it disseminates the the need for trust among many many actors, and the more actors you have, the the more trustworthy it becomes. Uh, so, anytime a, a transaction is processed, it's put in what's a block in the blockchain, and the transactions get processed, and who has ever processor processes the transaction or gets the, the solution to the, uh, to the problem, uh, sends the solution out to all the other nodes, or all the other miners, and then their PCs automatically uh, confirm that that's the correct answer, and then once that happens, everything, uh, the, everything in that transaction is processed. And uh, so, so the miners are central to to making it run, because eh, everybody there's there's no one person in the system that has the most trust, or unless somebody gets fifty one percent of the processing power, in which case they can launch an attack. That's pretty much uh, all I know about how it works. I uh, I'm not I don't program uh, computers. That's why Corey was in charge of that, but. Is that is that about uh, the uh, was, correct explanation? So what, it, what advantages did you have just having an interest in economics? Because if Corey did all the techno technological stuff, and you just like economics is your hobby, that's your initial interest. You know, let's just say someone comes into mining cold, but you have all this, you know, prerequisite knowledge. How did that help you? How did that give you an advantage? Um, well, you, you just recognize the uh, the advantages to having a payment system that, that works in this way to where you don't you you can transfer money and wealth uh, across international borders especially in uh, in the current uh, state of economics today when there's so much trade and and uh, international commerce uh, moving money from one country to another has always been a problem so that that looks like an advantage uh, and uh, Let's see what what other it uh, it processes so fast. You don't necessarily need like uh, it's, I think still our, all our checks uh, and debit card processes are still cleared through the the Fed's clearinghouse in New York. You know the 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 bank, the Federal Reserve Bank. Yeah. Uh, still process all those transactions. It seems a little archaic whenever a system like this comes out. And uh, so I was, I was just interested in in. Uh, the, the implications on our entire financial system if uh, this technology can be implemented somehow or if we just use Bitcoin as a, as a currency. So you see it as having um, economical advantages as well as technological advantages. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely do see. I also see it having some economic disadvantages as well, but um, that's it's uh, that those disadvantages only manifest themselves in uh, kind of advanced economies such as the United States and England and the rest of Europe for the most part has but uh, in countries that are underdeveloped economically it's I think it's a fantastic uh, fantastic technology and currency to to be used because you you no longer have to rely on your most likely terrible government to regulate your, your your money supply in a you know in a uh, in a, a country that doesn't necessarily have the best economic uh, uh, system I feel like even the best governments at the end of the day they fuck up so much 
and all I can really say is like we tried so hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, as, and as good as the Federal Reserve is, they're kind of for the last five ever since the economic crisis. For so for like the last six years, they've kind of just been like winging it. They've never done any of the stuff that they've done before, and so far it's working, I guess. But uh, but they were like at the end of the day, they still have no clue what's going to happen ten years from now based on what they've done. It's all conjecture. They make their best educated guess. So, given your knowledge on economics, do you think we're going to be able to hold up this 0% interest rate too much longer? Oh, uh, man, I, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I have no opinion on that. I've I kind of, I, the, the way I look at it at that is the same way I look at Bitcoin where like, well, we just, uh, I mean, it seems like it's working, but uh, let's <laughs> see where this goes. So I, I, you know, I remain optimistic about, about both those things. At least with Bitcoin, you don't have you don't have uh, to worry about a bunch of people screwing it up. Absolutely, no. It's, it's, it's there's no there's no one person that can that can make a decision and, and things go wrong and be the ruin of everything. Or like one person that can just say, you know what, we need more money. Let's pump a bunch more money into our currency. So, yes, yeah. it's it's very stable and steady. That is one of the definite benefits about that. Is you know exactly what's going to happen with your money supply. You know where the money's coming from and how often it's going to be there. Definite per definite. So, Marcello, do you want to talk about any of our mining shenanigans? Our personal shenanigans? Yeah, man. We mine for a while. You should put the video of the pictures that you sent you sent me. Of your air conditioned rig. <laughs> yeah, we, well we had can. a dedicated shed. Like we we got everything dirty with it. Yeah, we did. Outdid us pretty well. An exhaust system went out to the ceiling. It was temperature controlled. It was beautiful. It was nice. Um, yeah, but we had to shut it down because the difficulty went from like five thousand to ten thousand in like a three month time span. Yeah, so. I think the electricity bill was was not causing it to be worth you know the effort yeah right but the experience that we got out of it was amazing definitely went to the grindstone and then for a second there I got more excited about Litecoin than I did about Bitcoin just for a second (laughs) (laughs) I'm still excited about Litecoin it's like well no I can say that wait I don't know should I I'm taking it back (laughs) <laughs> just Bitcoin, only Bitcoin. Well, um, at the current time, the technology that we had or could afford or wanted to invest in was GPUs. That was used for yeah. script mining, which was Litecoin and all of the other uh, different coins that were script and in script and all these other, you know, all the different ones that came out that you know became popular, didn't become popular, et cetera, et cetera. And so we would switch our pools. Dogecoin, which is held on pretty strong until just because they're just because of the community itself. Yeah, uh, just the community. It's, and so it's it's it was fun to see how all of these coins are essentially the exact same thing, and how <laughs> community driven they are in terms of what they're worth and whether or not they stick around. And I, don't know, I think at the time we did it. Uh, I think in present day, it's a notion of Bitcoin is con- is for convenience, not for profit. But back then, we just had dollar signs in our eyes. 
So definitely. Um, I got a question. So, Gray, you said you'd heard a little bit about about Bitcoin before Corey got intrigued, um, and then obviously you learned a lot more after um, you started talking to Corey. I would say just getting into mining, like fresh. Did you find it cumbersome, convoluted, um, difficult, or did you always find it kind of interesting and necessary knowledge? Um, I, I found it interesting. Corey did most of the uh, complicated, convoluted uh, stuff. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I would uh, just I'd educate myself on what the mine was actually doing and why it was necessary. Uh, I liked uh, I liked being a part of, a part of this new technology, like helping it get off the ground. I felt like that was important. You know, you need lots of miners, so I did like the idea of being a part of uh, of a new movement in technology that could potentially free a lot of uh, people in in countries that uh, have uh, poor economies and and oppressive governments as well. It it, it, it can really free uh, an amount of people in Definitely. countries where. Uh, the government controls so much of uh, their ability to purchase that if they can somehow go underground, it would fuel, possibly fuel revolutions and, and whatnot. So I, I like being a part of that. Um, what I didn't like was the idea that we need lots and lots of fossil fuels to uh, to mine these uh, and, and process these transactions. <laughs> uh, so so when when Corey and I started, we you know we were like, well, this thing uses a little bit of electricity, and then uh, you know, some some money will come out the other end whenever uh, you're done running the running the processors or uh, you know mining, uh, crunching the numbers in the blockchain. Uh, but right when we started to get into it, everybody else started escalating, and it became kind of an arms race in, in processing power. Yeah. And uh, I I that part I had seemed a little uh, like a downside, like wait. Is people were talking about creating these huge rooms with like super air conditioned, like they would have to engineer new ways to keep the keep the processors cool. And somebody said something about using the entire energy of one hydroelectric dam. I can't. I was listening to uh, the that, what, what what was that podcast we would listen to a lot? Let's talk Bitcoin. Let's yeah. Talk let's talk Bitcoin. Bitcoin right. Matt, we can't mention them here. Yeah. Oh, can we not? <laughs> they don't get. They don't exist in our world. Yeah, I, I, that's our competition. I no, I didn't realize we were mad at it. It's not competition. We're all we're all trying to help exactly. the same cause, right? It's not. Yes, we should be promoting them. Uh, we love let's talk Bitcoin because we okay. want Andreas Antonopoulos on this show. On yeah. this show, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I'd like Gotta to have him. be able to talk with uh, with him. But yeah, so they they were talking about just how much electricity they need, and, and they would talk about it like that wasn't a problem. Uh, well, that's not necessarily optimal in a time when we're trying to go green. <laughs> so that that's that's part of the experience. Like once once you know the greed started to kick in with everybody, how how quickly the the amount of processing power needed uh, would escalate. Um, it's getting more efficient now, and then we've got this super Tesla solar that's going to take over the planet. So, right. I mean, we don't even need to worry anymore. Right. No, no don't need to worry work. anymore. Yeah, no, if that uh, <laughs> well, if the solar power, uh, power works out, we'll be and okay. I think Bit Theory, they have chips inside of the light bulbs 
That's crazy. I mean, the only bad thing now is without specialized hardware, it's unlikely that you're going to make any appreciable headway in the Bitcoin world. So you have to adapt to all these new funky ways. I mean, now they have, uh, you know, the age of mobile mining is about to begin, where you put a little chip in your phone and you have the privilege of paying money to kill your battery life all day just to mine <laughs> a couple blocks. So yeah, it's, it's see that's that's the other thing that I didn't like. It's not like anybody can anymore like dip their toes or be a part of the community without kind of a huge investment. Uh, exactly. To, Back to, in the day, all you needed was an AMD graphics card. You're ready to go. You know. Yeah. Dip the toe. You could even do it with NVIDIA back 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 in the day. Yeah. Um. Well, we're gonna be wrapping up. It was it was nice having you, Gray. Definitely cool to shoot the shiz about mining and how that whole process went. Um. I guess the last question we gotta ask for you is in ten words or less, what is your best description of Bitcoin? Go. Oh, man, I'm terrible at these. Uh, ten words or yet uh, less. Uh, money that can free the world, I guess. Nice. All right. Freedom, Freedom money. money. We'll accept uh, that. I guess. That's eight words. That's a win for Bitcoin. Freedom <laughs> money. All right. Uh, before you go, Gray, uh, were you positive or negative? Did you make money mining or did you lose money? Real quick. Um, I, I think we lost a little bit of money. I think that yeah. depends on whether or not Bitcoin raises in value. Because I paid them <laughs> off in Bitcoin. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's true. I ended up moving out of the state. And in the process, I bought out the miner. And I paid him in Bitcoin. And so I think since then, the price has gone down. So he's definitely lost money. <laughs> that's but, yes. If we're hopeful and things go well, like we all hope they do, then he's going yeah. to be rich off that money. He might be looking <laughs> back at this episode and, and laugh at you in the future. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, to be fair, was it? I mean, a little bit. If you made money, that was that was nice as well. But it, it also said it was. I, th- I think that what I learned and how it it made me uh, just because I had a financial uh, um, incentive to learn about Bitcoin. At that point, it, it uh, the, what I gained in knowledge was probably worth whatever I lost. That was definitely and, how I feel about it. We walked away winners, maybe not financially, but definitely in life. Well, that's what it's all about. You're a winner. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for coming on, Greg. You're welcome. Take it easy, thanks buddy. for having me. All right, guys. I think what we've learned from all this information it's not about how much Bitcoin is worth. The exchange rate is irrelevant. It's about the concept. You know, go out there, have fun, experiment, educate yourself. Uh, if you have any feedback, hit us up on Twitter at the BTC Podcast and uh, visit our website at the BitcoinPodcast.com. We love feedback, so we'd love to hear from you. And like you said, please go to the Bitcoin Podcast.com. Uh, let us know what you think. We have a comment section under each episode. We have a contact, so you could email us if you want to, if you have any interesting things you'd like to add, or maybe even come on the show. Uh, you can talk with us, and uh, yeah, thebitcoinpodcast.com. Go there. So there are two easy ways to get our podcast into your phone, into your computer, into your head. Uh, one of those is iTunes, and everyone knows what iTunes is. Apple's huge, iTunes is huge. I don't know how many people have 
Apple products. It's easiest to get. It's easy to subscribe. Um, and when you download our podcast, give it a listen. You're going to enjoy it. When you enjoy it, give us a review. It'll help us out. Give us some stars on depending on how much you like it. Then uh, give us a few words back. Tell us, tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like, etc. The other way is using Stitcher. Stitcher is a podcast app uh, specifically and thousands of podcasts. I use it all the time for all the podcasts I listen to. Uh, easy to download. You can subscribe to ones. They'll automatically get to you. It's free, easy to use. I love it, man. It's it's the best. So, you know, get on Stitcher, download that, download our podcast, go on iTunes, give us a review. Good stuff. Nice. Play the outro. <laughs>